This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to The Waiting Room on Podcast225.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of The Waiting Room. This is your host, Dr. Katie Fetzer, along with my co-host, who um, I think someone stole her and turned her into a <laughs> leprechaun. Um her name is Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez. It's I'm right here. in time for St. Patrick's Day, and we are going to talk to y'all about the psychology of luck. So hopefully, Dr. Rodriguez is not still in leprechaun mode. I think she's back, back yes, to where she's. If she only I be. had the pot of gold, that would that would <laughs> help this day start yeah. off a little better. Oh uh, yeah, we were getting off to a, a funny start this morning. Yes. Um, so, Dr. Rodriguez, pick it back up. Yes. So today in the psychology of luck, we're going to be referencing an article that was published in Psychology Today in 2017, which really looked at various research studies on all the different perceptions of luck, how serendipity is everywhere, how you can prime yourself for chance, how stepping back and, and maybe noticing what's right in front of us in a different perspective, being comfortable with saying yes, and also embracing failure, and how all of these uh, different multifaceted ways of looking at luck can comprise one's chances if they're better or worse. So uh, we figured that in the scheme of the spirit of St. Patrick's Day and the luck of the Irish, we are going to be looking at the psychology of luck. So we're going to take a quick break and come right back and pick up with that. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. Welcome back Back to The Waiting Room. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 29 of The Waiting Room. Um, before we talk to y'all today about the psychology of luck, I wanted to remind everyone where they can find us. Um, so if you're listening right now, you likely found us on iTunes under The Waiting Room. Um, you can also find us on Podcast 225, where you may have found us, podcast225.com. Um, we are also on Instagram and Facebook, where you can find us with the handle at The Wellness Studio. And we would love for you to be able to tune in and leave us reviews and comments. We do follow and read those. Um, and we enjoy being able to hear from y'all. Another quick disclaimer, this show is not meant to substitute any form of mental health service. So the content of our show, while we are talking a lot about psychology and mental health, um, it's not intended to substitute professional counseling. While we are professional, um, mental health professionals, we just want to make sure that people know the direction to go to if they find themselves wanting to seek mental health service. So we always recommend people to call their local hospitals, their physicians, um, or they can look through their insurance providers as well. Um, so today, Dr. Mary Catherine Rodriguez, my co-host, brought us um, up this idea to talk about the psychology of luck, since we have St. Patrick's Day right around the corner. Um, so luck, what is it? How do we even understand luck? Um, we're going to talk to you all about that today. And when we're looking at this whole idea of luck um, and the framework that it, that it comes from, first, when we're talking about St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick um, was a saint um, from Ireland. 
that's where the the holiday um, comes from. Um, and if we're looking at this whole idea of luck through a very multi-cultured lens, if you will, um, there's some from the spiritual paradigms that don't necessarily look at luck. They believe more in, in God. Um, and so there's different views surrounding luck, but the view that we're talking about specifically today is the actual psychology of the idea of what luck is and mm-hmm. how, uh, and kind of flesh that out for y'all. So there's, there are multiple views to um, look at that, but the view that we're looking at today is more the psychology behind luck and the research that's been there. So Dr. Rodrigue, tell us what you know. Yeah, so a lot of people equate luck and serendipity. And what serendipity is, um, I think a lot of people think of the movie first right off the bat and just things that happen by chance. But really, um, serendipity can be the way that things unfold and almost kind of piecing together um, this bigger picture or bigger goal that you may have for yourself. So if you're looking at the psychology of luck, Um, You also have to look at just the psychology of the mind and belief systems and the way that you approach life in general, whether that's the way that you view family dynamics or relationships or your career goals, looking, understanding how you perceive those things and then how maybe luck could play into that or your perception of luck. So if you look at serendipity, um, an example would be say that you, um, you focus on more of having this big overarching long-term goal, but yet not focus too heavily on the details and trying to pinpoint every step of the way and every benchmark along the way to get to the bigger goal. So say if you would like to be, um, a doctor, your goal, your overarching goal would be a doctor that helps saves people's lives instead of having, it has to be a very specific path mm-hmm. of being a surgeon at the best heart doctor, or, you know, a heart hospital in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the serendipity will fall into place when you allow that path to unfold. So if somebody um, is, is looking at that from the outside and they see, okay, well, they became this, this great doctor, they're just so lucky, as opposed to the person that actually is that physician, just had a goal of wanting to help people and they just allowed their life to unfold in a way that helped them do that instead of having something so specific that everything had to fall right into place. Wow. It sounds like such a more relaxed way of right. um, just navigating things as right. well and how you're, you're mm-hmm. more likely, you know, the mental health that plays the role in that and the mind frame of you're more likely to be able to encounter mm-hmm. luck in yeah. serendipitous situations if you're open to it. If you're and open so that's, to it, right. that's, key, that's very key. Yeah. Yeah. And trust and learning to trust the process. And we talk about that in mental health all the yeah. time when you're entering in a counseling relationship about just trusting the pos- process and not having these, um, of course you want to have goals for counseling, but not be so hell bent on it. It's got to unfold a very specific right. way that there's more ways to reach the goal. Right. Like I have to meet you, Dr. Fetzer on a Thursday. It has to be on a Thursday. Or right. Right. You know, it right. has to be, you know, instead of being able to, right. um, or there are certain things that maybe, um, little things that go into a, a session that maybe the client, it seems mystical to them or they don't necessarily understand. Um, so that's a really good example. And I think in way of looking at it and also too, I like how you mentioned, um, how there's just more of a, a relaxed approach, mm-hmm. um, and how that if you don't have that open mindset, yeah. um, one may not feel as lucky right well right um and right no and and it's i'm glad that you mentioned that because that that leads into the next um way of of looking at the psychology of luck which is priming oneself oneself for chance and so an example would be a person that maybe is heading to a dog park might be might think that okay maybe i'll encounter a new friend or a business partner or even a potential romantic interest whereas somebody with a closed mind would say look at everybody else there and think they're just dog owners wow I know. I really like that. It's, it's, it's a good analogy. Yeah. A good example to really see. Yeah. 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 
So it's just about the possibilities and that and, and what's called cognitive flexibility, um, which I like that term as mm-hmm. a, you know, is being able to kind of limber up your brain, try to think about outside of your own perspective. Like you, of course, have your own kind of subset of the way that you think like, OK, well, I'm going to a dog park. So everybody there is just categorized as dog owners. But yet someone with more of an open mindset might say, OK, this is just a, a potential chance of meeting someone that may lead to a nice conversation for five minutes or mm-hmm. a lifelong partner in some yeah absolutely respect. it sounds like a lot too like many people might be thinking um when they have like signs if you will right. like they may really look at different like signs um that are kind of pointing them pointing them in certain directions but you have to be open to those things to be able to see it right um which is very synonymous with faith as well yeah it's the whole you know walk by faith not by sight it's things you can't see specifically in front of you right and in looking at mental health anxiety really is uh gives us that tunnel vision where we're only focusing on potential dangers and we end up missing a lot of um bigger picture items because our anxiety has us focused on the one thing that's triggering us Mm -hmm. as opposed to all the potential that could be around us. Yeah, that is so true. I always um, bring this up with my clients who I'm working with um, managing anxiety and treating anxiety. And I always will say anxiety is the master of illusion mm-hmm. and you have to be aware of it and know how it works to be able to um, break free from it, so to speak, which anyone has the um, ability to do um, to receive treatment for anxiety. And it can be very effective. Mm-hmm. So a lot of counseling approaches are very helpful and effective at being able to get rid of that tunnel vision Mm -hmm. um, because we also operate from a spiritual paradigm where we look at people as mind body soul Mm -hmm. from the psychology um, field that's how we look at the human and so when you're integrating all those three and pulling from the spiritual this is very much looking at spirituality yeah which a lot of people confuse with religion um, yeah not realizing that spirituality is all about meaning and purpose Mm -hmm. um and, you know, being spiritual beings, um, if you're not necessarily at this point where you feel open to those things, it very well just could speak to the fact that you're immature in your spiritual development, which is okay. Everyone right. starts somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so this whole idea of luck that we're talking about, it, it is very um, synonymous with, with spirituality and the openness you have to have in allowing those things to be a part of your life. Yeah. 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 And a part of the psychology of luck is just taking a step back to see what's right in front of you. And so in speaking what you had just said to piggyback off of that, um, conscientious people will persist in a task, even if there's no good reason to do so. It's that theory of you're just kind of working too hard and you with that with that tunnel vision, not necessarily in just the anxiety um, aspect of it, but but just being so. just so steadfast in the ways that we've always approached tasks or approach relationships that we can't stray from that because mm-hmm. that's what we know. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you kind of take a step back and what the article talked about is how you feel like your lucky breaks or your lucky chances seem to get um, less and less the older you get, but it's not because you're having less opportunities. It's just, you are getting more and more set in your ways. Mm-hmm. And so you're less likely to look at these different opportunities. Wow. Um, that's an interesting, I know. Um, an interesting note, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like if you think about it, think about how many times in your life that you've maybe like really tried to force something to happen. Yeah. That yes. just wasn't, wasn't meant to happen. Was not meant to be. Yeah. I mean, there's almost yeah. no other way to put it. Yeah. Um, you try really hard to maybe force a relationship. If you're in the throes of dating mm-hmm. and there's 
quote unquote signs in front of you everywhere yeah. that this is just not going to work. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes it also shows that tunnel vision that Dr. Rodriguez was talking about that yeah. can really be a barrier for you being open to these serendipitous. Yeah things in life yeah I mean people in their teens and 20s tend to be open because they're discovering who they are as a person wow um but as we get older we become a lot more crystallized in our thinking so it is harder to yeah to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone so hopefully yeah. this this podcast has you thinking about wheels what are ways turning yeah what we ways hope your wheels are turning yeah yeah and so with that it's learning how to become comfortable in saying yes to things um mm-hmm. we're not at all advising to go out and say yes to everything, you know, uh, <laughs> just that, just to say that. But, um, really it's about, um, you know, once we've, we're primed to discover life's opportunities, what do we do when, you know, something jumps right into our path? If you're like most people, you immediately are thinking two thoughts. Um, you're intrigued, but you're also anxious. Mm-hmm. And so it's about really sitting with those two feelings to really think about, okay, is this an opportunity or a risk mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, I'm kind of willing to take to see what, what opportunities could come my way. Um, good, oppor- good outcomes increase self-efficacy or the belief that you are capable of accomplishing whatever you set out to do. Um, and they also uh, fuel an appetite for future risk. So once you take um, a chance on something and it does um, lead to some bigger potential, it gives you then an experience to look back on. That doesn't mean because you've done it once and it worked out, that means that every time you should take the risk or chance, but you do now have an experience to pull from when you are faced with the next opportunity or even a next crisis and mm-hmm. how to how to problem solve. Yeah, absolutely. And I like something that you had um, talked about when we were looking at this whole idea of the psychology of luck, which I think we're going to get to, but the whole idea of how it's really hard for some people to ignore the noise Mm -hmm. that's up Mm -hmm. in their, um, mind, um, which is definitely can in some ways can be viewed as anxiety, but it is harder for some to be able to do that. Um, and counseling is so effective at being able to help people kind of turn down that noise. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, one of the, the last way, the last pieces of the psychology of, of luck and, and, what we're looking at and talking about today is embracing failure, which a lot of people are so afraid of. Um, but really failure teaches us, um, so much about who we are and how we do take risks and how we do decision make. So, um, most successful business people are also failed business people. Uh, the key factors that they go further for, uh, they go further and they're not put off by failure once or twice. And so yeah. I think that that's also really key and, and something that you can definitely talk with in a mental health professional is um, what that feel of fa- failure is and go a little deeper about is who are you afraid of, of failing? Is it yourself? Is it the people around you? Mm-hmm. Is it just your community? Cause you're trying to create something that would serve them. And so to be able to become comfortable with that failure, because that one failure, that one closed door, so to speak, may open up a window that yeah. is something bigger and you couldn't get there unless you had failed in your current state. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of people too that um, whenever you look at the actual definition of success, will say that failure is a huge piece of that. Um, the, I think it was Thomas Edison who had said, um, it took me 2,000 ways to figure out how not to make a light bulb. Mm, meaning yeah. he had to fail essentially yeah. Yeah. 2000 or more or less times until yeah. he finally figured out how the light bulb would work. And that's yeah. a lot of times to quote experience failure. Yeah. Um, and a lot of tenacity that he obviously had. Um, but so this whole idea of, of, of how we define failure is very relevant because 
in our minds, um, we may be thinking of things as very big deals when really it's not, a, we don't have to look at it that right. way. Like it's a huge deal. Um, right. there's only very, um, you know, there's, there's big things in our lives that should have and reflect that importance, which mm-hmm. maybe be big events, ceremonial things in your life that are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when we focus so much and get wrapped up in so much in these is little things that can feel like a big failure, but it's really not. It may mean like Dr. Rodriguez said, you know, you not getting into med school, for example, could be and feel like a huge failure. Yeah. But in all actuality, if you have that trust and that faith, it could mean this door yeah. is coming yeah. That you don't know about. Right. And I can speak from my own personal experience. I had um, actually uh, originally when, when I was still in my last year of undergrad, I applied mm-hmm. to a social work program and, and was waitlisted. And in the meantime, I had researched more and learned, okay, wait, I actually want to be more in the counseling field and yeah. the rest is history there. But, wow. But I remember it's a perfect feeling, example. yeah, like, you know, and, and I think that was, you know, God or whatever the higher power it is that people believe in just pointing me in a direction that I was very resistant to, yeah. <laughs> to do because I thought, you know, this is my path. This is what I'm choosing. And it has to work out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so many of us have yeah. situations like that, that yeah. we can relate to. Yeah. Um, and I hope this, this episode is having you guys think about just, um, the ways that your life path has unfolded in the times that, you know, when you really were resistant to the change, it opened up for you and that could be your own version of luck. So if, if what we were talking about today, um, really intrigued you and you'd like to learn more, this is, uh, from an article published in psychology today in 2017 titled the psychology of luck. So check it out. It was a really fascinating read and it was made up of a lot of different research studies at universities across the country um, that did studies on luck that I think would you would really enjoy. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to wrap up. And now today's Manners Minute. Have you ever watched children playing in a sandbox? It's a happy place, isn't it? It's a rare occurrence when sand is thrown in someone's face. You hardly ever hear arguing because children playing in a sandbox know the rules and live by them. They know that throwing sand is never okay. They know that if you do throw sand, you won't be allowed to play today. They know that everyone gets a turn with the tools to build their own sandcastle. They learn that there's a lot to learn from watching each other build. They get excited when everyone builds something different and unique. Best of all, it doesn't matter who's in the sandbox because it's a place where everyone gets along. What a lesson in giving respect and getting respect. If children can do it, why can't we? Choose respect so you can have fun in your sandbox today. Visit hashtag BRRespect at mannersoftheheart.org to join the movement and sign the pledge. With respect, Baton Rouge thrives. Hi, this is Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom inviting you to listen to the We BR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com. That's www.podcast225.com and by subscribing through the Apple Podcast app. That's We Be Our Podcast. Welcome back, back to The Waiting Room. Welcome back to The Waiting Room, episode 29, where we were discussing the psychology of luck. Um, If you like what you heard and you'd like to check out more, you can visit podcast225.com and check us out on iTunes. Um, Dr. Rodri, oh, that's me. Dr. (laughs) Dr. Fetzer and I are also co-owners of The Wellness Studio. Um, You can find us at surprisinglywell.com to learn more about our practice and mental health. Um, And we appreciate you guys listening along and we look forward to bringing you more episodes soon. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to The Waiting Room. This has been a Podcast 225.com production.